time Looking back at what you've made of yourself It's the line that reaches in and takes a hold Oh my gosh I am now on the road again uh, I am heading to Zion But wow What a just unbelievable last 24 hours Like it just couldn't have worked out any better Man Hey, some random thoughts here as I'm driving, and I do owe an update from uh, Arizona on, but just quickly, in Arizona, like wherever you're driving on the highways, it's just all red rocks. I mean, mountains of red rocks. And then as you go into Utah, you still got red rocks and stuff, but now you got like these white rocks. And... What's amazing to me is that as I drive through these valleys and mountains and things, like there's all these boulders and things that have at one point fallen down and created a, a like a base to these mountains. And you're driving, you're like, where, where are one of these rocks going to come down while I'm driving? Knocking on wood, uh, so far so good. But each day when, I, when I'm doing my long drives, and I, uh, I, try to, I try to chase the sunset and find a spot where I can literally see the sunset. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but it's funny because like you just never know where you're gonna be at that time. And uh, just a kind of fun little game. Hope you get to play it, peace. Can I just tell you how many times my ears have popped as I've gone up and down and all around mountains. And uh, thankfully, they never stay shut. And, I'm actually very grateful for that. Hey, so um, I wanted to get back to you about Arizona. In addition to the Grand Canyon, which, again, was just simply amazing, and the ability to walk around it and just see what transpired so, so long ago was intense. And then uh, the next day is when I went to Sedona, and that was the, the big night of the, the drum uh, circle. But earlier in the day, I ventured out and I found a, uh, a hiking trail. Obviously there's millions of them, but this one seemed reasonable. And they have these like little explanation things before you get on the trailhead, uh, telling you how long it will take and all this good stuff. I walked it and it was maybe a couple miles in. And you know, you're going through the woods and obviously thinking, oh my God, am I gonna see an animal or something? But, uh, that didn't happen. And it's not like tight woods, so it's, it felt safe, I should say. And then, you know, after walk a couple miles, I come out and boom, like it's almost like this sort of valley overlooking and the platform is eerily similar to the drum circle space that I would experience later that night, albeit different places. That was cool. Next stop was Utah, Zion, Utah, to be exact. And this, this was cool. This was absolutely cool. When I drove uh, from, from Flagstaff. Oh, and then, you know what, did I tell you the whole thing about the, uh, I, I, it was time to vote. It was election day, was approaching on uh, November 3rd. And I was not able to arrange this absentee ballot thing. And not for lack of trying, for, for weeks prior to me leaving, once I knew I was leaving, that was top on my mind because obviously we need to get Trump out of there. And if I didn't vote, I, I honestly, I was, I was feeling guilty, almost sick 
that I wouldn't be participating, especially after t asking you guys if you were voting it. And I'm very happy and proud that you guys voted. I think this was your, I think this is everybody's first election. Is that possible? Yeah. Anyway, I, I threw out a Hail Mary. I went online and I filed again for this absentee ballot. But this time I put down my address for the hotel that I was gonna be in when I was in Flagstaff, Arizona. Because I figured, as they said, like it would take five to seven days or something, if you believe it, right? And so I, I, I went to the Flagstaff, Arizona Marriott. I stayed there for uh, like three or four days. And then as I was leaving, I said, any mail for me? And they're like, no. I said, all right. So I drove off and feeling actually, after having so much fun, I was feeling a little bummed about this whole thing. And then no more than an hour into my drive, I get an email from the hotel. Hey, Paul, uh, a letter just came from you. It looks to be like the absentee ballot. I was like, what? At that point, I was actually going to Sedona. The next morning, I had to drive Sedona to Utah, but I ended up having to pass Flagstaff. So I didn't even have to go out of my way to go retrieve it, which I did. And then I, I go to two places when I'm in Utah, like, and, and they don't know where their polling place is. One guy's like, I don't vote. I'm like, what? So finally I found the post office and long story short, they stamped it, time, date. I actually took my pick with the guy <laughs> and yeah, off it went. So felt pretty damn happy and uh, proud that I was able to get that done as a United States citizen. And uh, off to Zion, Utah. The first day I drove through it, stopped, got out, checked out different. I mean, it's like Arizona is all red rocks, right? And Utah's got the red rocks, and then it also got these big white rocks. And so the view is just amazing. I drove through and got to get out, walk around, and all that stuff. And it was cool. And the next day, I rented an e bike. <laughs> and I'm talking the fat wheel, get up to 25 miles per hour, fat seat e-bike. It was $100 uh, for the day, which is the best $100 I think I've spent in a long time. I thought I spent a lot of $100 these days, but I cruised through this and it was just like, there, there was one road, oh, it's like a highway or it's like a service road type of, but only the shuttle bus for the park can go on it and bikes and, and walkers. So basically I had the whole road to myself, my earbuds in, music cranking, flying down hills, 25 miles per hour. And I was gonna say it wasn't scary. It's a little bit sometimes, the handlebars might shake when you, when you hit 27 miles per hour, but you can kind of sense when to be in control and when not. And I know when you guys eventually do this, you'll, you'll, you'll be smart. <laughs> a little daddy advice because uh, you, can, you can get a little crazy. I swear there are probably about a thousand times if I chose to be stupid, I could have died up to this point. Always keep your wits about you, children. Zion Day was, was sick. See, the next day, I actually went on another hike. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if it was Utah or Arizona. But yeah, I think it was, it's Zion, Utah. It's called Angel's Landing. And you walk up, well, you hike into this little place to maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a mile, not bad. And then you get to the base of the mountain. 
and you proceed to walk up and it just sort of curves round and round as you head up and sometimes the, the lane that you're walking in is two people wide and to the right uh, ooh you're a gonzo um, but it's not scary because it's not super tight and there's not always people walking back and forth and so walked up that sucker I I was definitely sweating a bit it was and it was only like 75 degrees. I can't imagine people doing this when it's like 100 degrees. That's another thing. If you, even when you do do this, I would go like I went, maybe even earlier, like mid, mid-September. mid I don't know why the car just, car just dinged. That's weird. Okay. So just because it's nice, you don't want to be too hot, right? And you certainly don't want to be too cold. So, so I think I lucked out. I really lucked out. Because I've had absolutely amazing weather. Unbelievable weather. A little rainy here and there, a little snowy here and there, but as a constant, it's been beautiful. So I hiked up that sucker. I was hanging out up there. I posted a picture. I'm sitting on the ledge. I mean, looking down so far, and I'm, I'm eating my grapes, right? And uh, I see a little chipmunk peek his head out. <laughs> I hold out a grape. And this little guy comes up and grabs it from me. It's like, what? So then I had to film it, of course, right, to post it. So I did it again, I put my finger out. I don't know if it was the same one or a different cat. And came up and bam, took it and ran back. And, and I could feel his little, uh, almost like sandpapery claw when he grabbed the grape from me. That was, that was pretty cool. And then from there, I, I uh, moved on to Moab, Utah. That is home to arches and more intense rock formations. That's what these are, right? These are just rocks and boulders and mountains and things that have taken shape or, I don't know, since the dinosaurs. And uh, Mother Nature is quite the sculpture. And anyway, I got in touch with this guy I know from work I saw he had posted. He was in the same place where I was the day before. I reached out. Turns out he was leaving the next day. And we coordinated and we met in the, in the middle of this Utah uh, Arches Park. His name is Tony Corona. And he's just a cool dude. And he's on the same journey as me. He came sort of like a different way. But definitely the same vibe of like joy. Enjoy the moment while we got it. And... Uh, certainly living that to the max. This dude had a beard that you know, he could wring water out of. And so we exchanged some stories and tips and what have you, and then we bid adieu. And I had a, actually, I, I rented another bike. And so he went his way. Off I went when I left Tony to go to, into Arches National Park. And I will tell you this, the whole journey, or the journey as far as I went, I went up like 5,000 feet on the bike, all uphill. And so the e-bike is obviously an equalizer. While it was work, I was feeling it, it wasn't painful and impossible. So I got up there and, and I made some stops along the way, checking out different uh, the rocks and the stuff. But when I came down, oh my, well actually on the way up too, I went off-road a couple times. I actually sent you guys a video and that was cool. There was one point where I was like kind of ripping it up a bit and I got it. I was like atop of a like a little boulder where it was maybe like a 
maybe like a five foot drop to the next boulder then quickly onto the dirt and I'm standing up there like I can do this I'm gonna do this I'm like wait if I don't do this right and I bust a leg or an arm A I don't think anyone's gonna find me for quite some time B I've just fucked my whole trip and C I'm gonna be the laughing stock of the world I think that's what's, <laughs> what's come with a maturity and adulthood because believe me when I was your ages I did not think like that didn't think of the consequences, but here I am, 55, and I backed that sucker up, and I went down the safe path, and all was well. Anyway, when I was going up that hill, for a majority of it, I was in like the six-speed gear, which I guess is the turbo, and I knew, but I had sort of put in the back of my mind for some reason that when you turbo this, you, you really drain the, the battery. But nonetheless, I wasn't about to pedal up this hill regularly. So I get to the top and I'm like, awesome, knowing that the rest of the way is pretty much downhill, except for maybe a couple up and downs. And I proceed to go down and I'm flying. I got my earbuds in. I think I'm singing music as loud as I can, screaming out my lungs, because nobody's around, nobody can hear me, and it felt damn good. And then I did a couple of like one valley, peak another valley then when i come up to the top of that i see that the battery has drained and i'm like damn but five feet it started to descend again i basically without the battery i i rode probably like two miles downhill and then kind of a slow decline to get back to the main road inevitably i had to bike as a real bikist about three miles which i thought was gonna be more painful than it was but actually wasn't so bad, but it certainly uh, humbled me for the other uh, the other rides. And that was the other thing. I used to think like, you know, the e-bike was cheating, but the reality is you drive probably three, four times as far as you would in a regular bike. So at the end of the day, you're, you're pedaling almost as much, just you get more bang for your buck. All right, enough of my public service announcements. I came back from there, got all my stuff together, got ready for my next move the next day. And then um, I was off to Colorado, and that was a nice ride. And I first went to Vail. I was actually going to meet this guy that I had that I know from Los Angeles. And at the last minute, he's running some sort of a soccer club up in Vail. And he's such a cool dude. And the day that I'm supposed to get to see him, the, the organization quarantines them for whatever they're doing. So that was a bust. But nonetheless, when I had a bite to eat, I stayed at the Vail Marriott Mountain Resort. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful property. And to put the icing on the cake, it had just snowed a bit. So everything was dusted with snow as that befit this hotel perfectly. And I went out to get a bite to eat. Where did I end up eating, you ask? The name of the place was called The Fitz. That's right, our, our name. And uh, it was good food, and they had to take my my credit card, and they also had my reservation. And the funniest thing is, like, not one person, whether it was the server or the bartender, by the way, they were all so nice. They took great care of me. They tweaked my meal to make it what I wanted to be, yada, yada. But not one person acknowledged The Fitz Alliance or whatever you want to call it. And I just found that a little funny, but I was too cool to bring it up myself. 
then I thought maybe they thought maybe I was like undercover boss or something and they didn't want to act like they knew what they knew and in fact I wasn't uh, anyway I, the next day I, I, I drove off to Red Rocks Amphitheater and this is actually a concert venue it's sick it's freaking sick because it's sort of built into the mountain and then the stage and like like the seating I, I think is all like cement right and you look down and then behind the stage is more of these red rocks and it's I just uh, yeah I had such pain because obviously there's no concerts going on during this time no live anything right what I can't imagine if, if life was normal what it would be like to see a concert there and a, and a band that you really liked and so I started to do uh, kind of flashback concerts and what have you I was like, probably like 21, 22. I was hanging out in, in, in Queens in this neighborhood and our world sort of revolved around this park, Braddock Park. At the time, there was these live aid concerts going on. They were taking place in Europe and here and all the bands of the day were performing. And it was a pretty cool uh, initiative to uh, feed the world, so to speak. I think that was actually their theme. As I'm looking at the park, one our Braddock Park one night, it was actually under construction. And I said to myself, maybe we should have a Braddock aid. <laughs> one thing led to another. And before you know it, I had sort of organized this event to take place that summer. Gosh, this is probably like 1988. I started making plans, got someone to help get kegs of beer. I actually went over to the 105 precinct, secured a loud sound device permit. I thought, should anything go wrong, that maybe uh, this might help me. The next thing I needed to do, which I did, was line up a couple of local bands. Uh, one was uh, by the name of Alligator Wine, and then the other was a band by the name of Norman Bates and the Showerheads. This was, to me, the awesome band of the time, because they had actually backed up the Ramones, who had played at the local parish, uh, Our Lady of Lords, uh, over in Queens. Once the uh, entertainment was was locked in, started uh, made some flyers, posted them around the local pubs and word of mouth. Again, no social media at that time. It came together, and then I had this other thought. Earlier in the year, this police officer Edward Byrne, Eddie Byrne, was basically assassinated. I had uh, somehow was able to track down and reach out and speak to his dad, who was also, I believe he was retired cop at the time, and asked him that I was doing this concert in the park and, and I wanted to uh, raise money and, and put it towards maybe a foundation they started or something like that. He appreciated the, the offer, but he wasn't comfortable with it. So the show went on without it being a benefit. The event comes we get everything in place, the band set up, we got the generator, and the rock and roll kicks off in the early afternoon. It was like a, a concrete jungle Woodstock. <laughs> it's going along, and then I probably, I want to say like five o'clock-ish, six o'clock, as the day's starting to come to an end, I hear the music stop, like mid-song. I'm about 50 yards away, so I go running over to the stage. There's 
cops there. They're like, are you in, you know, are you in charge of this? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> and so I say, yes, sir, I am. So he, uh, he says, uh, do you, do you have a permit to be having this? And I said, I do. And so I, I reach into my pocket and I hand him over the loud sound device permit. Certainly doesn't cover the 10 kegs of beer and the, the probably close to 100 people partying their asses off. But he looks it over and again, he was from the 105 and that's where it was issued out of. And by all rights, probably his, uh, his boss. And so he says, all right. He goes, well, finish it up by the time it gets dark. I said, no problem, officer. And appreciate it. And so we shook hands and the two officers start to walk back to their car through the crowd. And maybe like 10, 15 steps, no, not like 10 steps getting away from me. All of a sudden the crowd starts chanting, Fitz, 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 Fitz. So I was kind of uh, soaking up the moment, pretty proud that uh, I had rescued the event, I guess. But no sooner do I feel a sense of pride than I see these two cops running back at me with rage in their eyes like they're going to kill me. And one guy grabs the microphone stand. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And he says, he goes, that's it. You're done. And I looked at him. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what is going on. And then all of a sudden it hits me. And I'm like, no, no, they, they would chant my name. Fitz, Fitzgerald, Fitz, Fitz, Fitz. They weren't saying pigs. I swear they weren't saying pigs. And so this guy, I see the rage start to come off of him and a bit of a side smile, but at the same time needing to save face. And he, he looks at me, he says, all right. He goes, you got a half hour and you got to close up shop. I said, no problem. And so, <laughs> so they walk off and I don't recall if there was another chant, but boom, the next song went on. The Braticade continued uh, into the night, and it was absolutely a smashing success. And uh, over the next couple years, I would do uh, I do a couple more uh, Braticade. I think started calling them Bradic Fest, and it was good times. But I think it got to the point where it's like, do I really want to be liable for this anymore? But what's funny enough, as I as I was plotting my career at the time. And realizing I wasn't going to be going down the criminal justice road uh, to which I had my degree, I figured it's time to get a life. And so I, I put my resume together and really my two main things was uh, working at the Floral Park Motor Lodge and then I had added the Braddock Aid. <laughs> and so although I didn't, and that, and that to me is kind of funny, it's like, so although I didn't go to Marriott as an event planner. I actually, when the marquee called me and I started working there in 1993, right? So that would have only been a few years later. I started in housekeeping and then the next position I got, whatever it was, 18 months later, ironically enough, it was event services, which is the, the planning uh, or the executing of, of events. And I would continue to do that and then later on go into conventions, running events in, in a different way. And then here I am, albeit uh, on Frello, but I am now selling events and I, I think it's just kind of amazing that I've, uh, I've gotten to this point and who knew what Braticade would lead to. <laughs> All right, much love, I will talk to you soon. It's over, it's over again. 
Music in this episode is courtesy of Epidemic Sound and Blue Dot Sessions. A special thanks goes out to Real Love Diplomats for providing the soundtrack to Don't Call It a Memoir. <laughs>